Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When I first found out that I would be preaching from the Psalms, I had no idea where to start. There is truly a Psalm for every occasion. From lament, to praise, to thanksgiving, to disappointment, fear, failure, and joy. I think John Calvin described it best when he said that the book of Psalms is an anatomy of all parts of the soul. Even though the Psalms were a product specific to Israel's relationship with God, many of us can relate to the intense passions and the concerns felt by the Israelites. And if we can't relate personally, we know others who can. Maybe the prayer of a certain Psalm could become our prayer on behalf of another person. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, famous Christian minister and theologian who was imprisoned and killed by Nazis for his resistance to Hitler, wrote a book about the Psalms being the prayer book of the Bible. His passion for Christ shined through the book so strongly that it was the last book he was allowed to publish under Nazi captivity. The Psalms as prayerful songs contain some of the most intense emotion and passion that we could imagine. Much like our favorite movie soundtrack, the Psalms are like the soundtrack of the ancients as they proclaim their deepest emotions and longings to God. They accompanied characters who felt awe at the beauty of God's creation, those who knew the fear of being threatened by enemies from all directions, those who felt the stain of their own sins and sought cleansing from God, and even those who walked through the valley of the shadow of death. The Psalms illustrated their deepest sorrows, their highest joys, and their greatest concerns. Think about the soundtrack that goes along with your favorite movie. Maybe it's the music of John Williams and the orchestra that accompanies young Harry through his first year at Hogwarts. Or poor Kevin as he is left all alone by his family at Christmas. Or even the Jedi as they fly through the galaxy yet again with another droid containing the plan that will defeat an even bigger Death Star. This past winter was the first time that I saw a movie on opening night, and of course it was Star Wars Episode 7 from my favorite series. As I sat down and saw those bright yellow letters scroll across the screen, the, the theater and all the people in the theater was, were literally moved to applause. So as we reflect on some of the Psalms, the anatomy of all parts of the soul, I want us to reflect on what it is that moves our own souls. What moves you to tears? What moves you to laughter? What moves you to song? Walter Brueggemann, in an article about preaching the Psalms, said that when we read the Psalms, we transport them to our, our own lives. Much like music, it doesn't always matter who the author is, if in our own circumstances we can relate to the lyrics. The book of Psalms is really a book of people's experiences. While there are many different emotions and ideas expressed in the Psalms, one thing that stands out to me is compassion. As we read a few of the psalms this morning, consider how you might place yourself into the heart and soul of the psalmist. See what you think the primary emotion of this first psalm is. This is Psalm 6. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. 
O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul also is struck with terror. While you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, save my life. Deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In shale, who can give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. They grow weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and struck with terror. They shall turn back and in a moment be put to shame. So this psalm could be considered a psalm of lament because the author is crying out to God in his suffering. He's asking for both physical and emotional healing. He's asking God for grace and help because he is languishing. And when I read that, I looked up the word languishing because I realized I really didn't know what exactly that meant. Um, And so to languish means to lose or lack vitality, to grow weak or feeble. It can also mean to suffer from being forced to remain in an unpleasant place or situation. Have you ever experienced something similar? Maybe this psalm speaks to a time when you were stuck in a bad situation. Maybe you've experienced sickness that you just couldn't shake. For some people, it seems like they get sick, and then as soon as they get over one illness, they're sick again. And I've had friends that experienced something like that, and I'm sure they felt like they were languishing. The author of this psalm is also experiencing terror. When was the time that you were afraid? Have you ever been moved to tears by terror? While experiencing all of these emotions, the author cries out to God. He acknowledges not only God's grace and steadfast love, but also God's presence with him. Saying, The Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord accepts my prayer. Even in the midst of suffering, God is there. God hears our prayers. God hears our cries for help. God hears our requests for healing. God hears our worst feelings of languish and terror. At what was likely one of the lowest points for this psalmist, he remained confident in God's presence and love for people. Even at our own lowest points, God hears us. Not only do we each personally experience suffering and fear, but we surely know of others who do as well. The fact that we're here thousands of years later reading about the experiences of this psalmist shows that there are probably a lot of people in our time who can relate to similar situations. But when we are moved to tears by our own suffering, as well as the suffering of others, and we cry out to God, we remember that God hears us. In his letters and papers from prison, Bonhoeffer, a person who surely experienced similar suffering while languishing in prison, writes, May God in his mercy lead us through these times, but above all, may he lead us to himself. When we are moved to tears because of suffering and sorrow, may those experiences move us closer to God. But may they also teach us compassion for others. Jesus shows us the perfect example of letting his compassion for others move him to service. In the Gospel of John, we are told that Jesus himself was moved to tears by another person's suffering. A man named Lazarus had just died, and his sister was mourning his death. Listen to this text. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, 
Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. In this story, we see not only people suffering and mourning the death of a family member, but we see another person who's mourning on their behalf. The scripture tells us that Jesus showed compassion. He was moved to tears by Mary's suffering, but this wasn't the end of the story. Jesus was moved to tears, and he helped relieve the pain of the one who was suffering. And like the psalmist, Jesus prays, seeking God in full confidence. So just as we were reminded by the psalmist that God hears our prayers, Jesus reminds us the very same thing in this text. Jesus prays, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. So what is our response when we see others suffer? Do we avoid them? Maybe we treat them like lepers who, in the ancient world, because of their disease, they were cast out and avoided. And if you look up the word leper today in a dictionary, you can find this definition. A person who has been rejected or ostracized for unacceptable behavior, opinions, characters, or the like. The Gospel of Mark tells us that Jesus saw a leper and was moved by pity, so he made him clean. In other words, Jesus' pity moved him to act out of compassion toward this rejected and ostracized individual. Who are the lepers in our own society? Or those who we believe act in unacceptable ways? Who do we reject because they think differently from us? Maybe we avoid people or even wish to exile them from our land because they don't share the same religion, political views, or sexual orientation. How do we treat those people and how do we respond to their suffering? I think that sometimes we might even want to help, but we're so afraid of the situation being awkward or uncomfortable that we turn away and we pretend we never even saw them. Or maybe we don't avoid them, but instead we judge them. Maybe it's easier to blame the person for their suffering and pretend that they don't deserve our help. We say, if she had only worked harder, or if he had only been a better person, they wouldn't be in this situation. But the book of Psalms shows us that on many occasions, the writers are moved to tears, either by their own situations or through their compassion for others. But compassion isn't just a feeling or something that you talk or sing about. Compassion can be defined as a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. 
can we truly show compassion for other people? How can our desire to alleviate their suffering move us beyond song and into action? We might not be able to heal the leper or bring someone back to life as Jesus did, but we can bring life into dead situations. In a book that I recently read by Brueggemann, he says, The church, as the company of the dead made alive, is entrusted with the power and vocation of life-giving in a world organized for death. Then, when talking about those in society that we might consider the lowly or even lepers, he says that often we would rather practice charity towards them instead of solidarity with them. So how can we, both as individuals and as the church, show compassion and stand with those who suffer? So while many of the Psalms express sorrow, suffering, and a plea for help, others express praise, thanksgiving, and joy at what God has done. In Psalm 146, the writer praises God for God's compassion towards those whom we might consider the rejected or outcast. Listen to this text. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to God, to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. So as you reflect on the passion that is expressed by the writer of these different psalms, I invite you to consider how they can spur you on towards compassion. Unlike the first psalm that we looked at, this psalm contains praise for what God has already done instead of what the writer is asking God to do in the future. By praising God for what he has done, this psalm also gives us a model of God's compassion for his people. In other words, God isn't just passively standing by. Yes, God hears our prayers, but God also acts. This psalm tells us that God executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. God, in compassion, breathes life into those experiencing death. Many other psalms describe God's compassion as well, such as Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And also in Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And the last psalm that I want to look at is Psalm 86. This one gives us an example of both a cry for help and praise for God's compassion. It says, Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you, because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength on behalf of your servant. Save me, because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness, that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So clearly, compassion is a prevalent theme throughout the book of Psalms. Just as we can relate to many of the joys and sorrows mentioned in these psalms, we can probably relate to the joys and sorrows of our neighbors. We may not have the exact same experiences as them, but we know that we all do experience joy and pain, and we're all in need of help. Last week during Kingdom Kids, we turned the music on, and it was at full volume, so some of you may have heard it out here, but after we turned it down, I heard one little girl say, "'That hurt my heart.'" And it made me think, what is it that hurts our hearts? Since we've been talking about the Psalms, I thought it would be appropriate to close with the words of one of my favorite hymns. As we reflect on the passions of the psalmists, as well as our own passions, may this hymn also be our prayer as we consider what it is that hurts our hearts and how we can show compassion for others. Will you pray with me? your heart be broken for a world in need. Feed the mouths that hunger. Soothe the wounds that bleed. Give the cup of water and the loaf of bread. Be the hands of Jesus, serving in his stead. Here on earth applying principles of love. Visible expression that God still rules above. Living illustration of the living word. To the minds of all who've never seen or heard. Blessed to be a blessing, privileged to care, challenged by the need apparent everywhere. Where mankind is wanting, fill the vacant place. Be the means through which the Lord reveals his grace. Add to your believing deeds that prove it true. Knowing Christ as Savior, make him master too. Follow in his footsteps, go where he has tried. In the world's great trouble, risk yourself for God. 
Let your heart be tender and your vision clear. See mankind as God sees. Serve him far and near. Let your heart be broken by a brother's pain. Share your rich resources. Give and give again. Amen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.